Hey everyone, and welcome to the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. I am your host, Jared Saavedra. Episode six, my special guest for the day. She is the Director of Nutrition and Recovery at Athlete Ready in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She is an absolute stud, great personality, great sense of humor. She's gonna make a lot of very complex topics seem a lot more simple. And she's gonna debunk a lot of myths that are out there that are just circulate all through Instagram and social media. Um, I hope you all enjoy it. I think you will. Make sure to subscribe and rate and review this episode. That would help us a lot. Let's get into it. Veronica, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Real good. Real good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so says, uh, Veronica has a, an amazing sense of humor. Um, you, you'll see that in this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, so for the listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, me personally, professionally, yeah, in general? Let's do, let's do both. Okay. Um, I am a... Uh, early 30-year-old woman, still in the early 30s. (laughs) I'm working on prioritizing my family time quite a bit more. I have two boys, a four and a nine, and um, I have a partner. He's pretty all right. And uh, he's pretty all right. He's he's a good man. Can't can't say anything bad about him. <laughs> yeah, we the realtor. Um, yeah, and then me, I'm I, 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 my friend. He calls me the all-in-one fax machine whenever it comes into, I guess, the health and wellness as you know, buzzwordy as that is. It's um, you know, I'm a licensed massage therapist. I've been doing that for um, eleven years now. Um, I've been I started as a personal trainer, and I've been doing that since I was 19 years old. And, uh, and, you know, most recently I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and I finished my master's degree for that, um, back in May of 2015. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. I don't know. Um, what yeah, made you get, like what made you get sporting. into the nutrition route so much? Um, you know, it's long, long story, but basically ever since I was a little girl, I, I love food. I love eating it. I love right. the culture. <laughs> yeah, you know about that. But, no, but. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! No, I I love food. I love everything about it. Food, it's just so much more than I guess. Uh, you know, fuel. You'll hear a lot of people like, "Food is fuel. Nine percent kill it." But it's like, no, you know, it's so much more. For some people, it's you know their social life. It's their culture. Um, right. For some people, in the more I guess grim place the sadder parts of it it's their support system and you know it's coping mechanism um but it's it's interesting because it has a lot to do with our behavior and um people don't realize that our behaviors and our habits it large in part of a lot of that is like 
our food, (laughs) you know, Um, where we are geographically and the things that we do, the things we prioritize. So, um, yeah, I, I started whenever I was a little girl cooking channel. I remember reading, uh, I don't know, like I want to call them studies. Most likely they were probably like little, I guess, uh, what is it? Home and garden articles that say like, Oh, tomatoes are really good for you. (laughs) Very general. Yeah, but I remember taking those to heart. So whether it was like an actual, you know, peer-reviewed journal, evidence-based data, or something in Vanity Fair, I really paid attention to it, and I would try to implement it into my life. Um, And so that could have just been smart marketing on their part or, you know, actually caring and trying to educate the public. So. Yeah. What are some what are some uh, like strategies or, or stuff that you still implement in your your daily life when it does come to the nutrition? Like oh. what like of those things that we learned about, you know, 10, 20 years ago, what are some things that are actual still still factual and that you still are implementing in your life? Oh, geez. Um, you know, it I think with this whole resurgence with uh, so much emphasis on like health and wellness, fitness and all that, like we're in the thick of it. Right. So we're constantly being pummeled. Like it's thrown in our faces, like don't eat breakfast. It's bad for you. It's like, is it though? You know? (laughs) Yeah, dude, there's so much. Um, So I feel like every day I'm, always implementing newer things. And, um, and I really do my best to try and stay abreast on like the most current data. Um, just because, you know, we can run on Instagram and, you know, how many, you know, nutrition experts do we come across in a matter of the first five seconds of being on it? Um, and I feel like I'm constantly putting out fires and fielding questions, which is a good thing. I know that there's thing. some, yeah, dude, it totally is. Cause there's so many people like in the, the health and nutrition world, they're like, these are stupid questions. You know, there, I've asked you some questions that I'm, I'm sure you're probably like this bitch, you're uh. dumb, <laughs> She's just dumb. <laughs> but you know, you have a completely different, <laughs> Right. You have a completely different, uh, I guess, skill set than I do, and you're far, but be- you know more than I do in that regard. Um, and so, for me to write people off as being dumb, that that's unfair. That isn't right. right. So, right, especially yeah. when there's just so much noise out there, you know. And you brought up something really <sighs> interesting when you say, yeah, when you say nutritionist, and I feel like this word gets just completely bastardized without question. And when I like, you know, we've talked about it numerous times about kind of deciphering the difference of what a nutritionist is, because it's kind of a general Mm -hmm. term compared to that of a a registered dietitian. Because to me, a registered dietitian carries a lot more weight than just a nutritionist. So when people ask me for a meal plan or to customize, you know, uh, something for them, I immediately tell them I'm a certified nutritionist but I am not nearly the skill level that you know someone like Veronica is, as she is a registered dietitian, and there's a lot more requirements uh, to be a registered dietitian compared to a, just a general nutritionist. Can you explain mm-hmm. to everyone kind of what the differences are? Because there are definitely differences. Yeah, they're they're pretty significant, um, and it's kind of like. Uh, 
you know, even now people will be like, oh, this is Veronica, our nutritionist. It's like, yeah, I'm a, you know, and I don't know how much of that is like ego pride is like, I am a dietitian. There are Instagram accounts where it's like, don't let anybody call you a nutritionist. You're a dietitian. And, you know, it's like the, the masseuse versus licensed massage therapist. It's just what people just aren't informed about it, whatever. But whenever it comes to a nutritionist, um, you can be a licensed nutritionist, an LN. Um, and in order to get that, you have to have your undergraduate, um, you know, in nutrition dietetics, or at least whenever I was um, in school, that's what it was. And um, you don't, from my understanding, I'm pretty sure you still have to do um, an internship or a capstone of some sort, um, and then and that's, have to test that's for, for the it. LN, correct? Yeah, that's for your okay. licensed nutritionist. Okay. Um, around here in in the market I, I'm in, you know, there are a lot of people. I'm a sports nutritionist. Sports nutritionist. You can go and get, you know, a couple of CEs to get that certification right. as a sports nutritionist. That doesn't mean that you've worked in a clinical setting and that you've worked X number of hours um, for to be a registered dietitian um, or accredited practicing dietitian, an APD. <laughs> APD. <laughs> it's over here. That's different. But um, you... You get your master's nutrition dietetics. You have to do two years of interning, um, like in a clinical setting. And it varies here at UNM. They'll typically place you at the VA hospital. And you're basically like a hospital dietitian. And, you know, you run programs for people. You check their levels. You're going to deal with a lot of the same issues, Um I have friends that kind of took their own route and they were able to get placed in like the public school system, you know, working with, uh, I guess, the lunch programs. And me, I worked in type 2 diabetes care, okay. um, care prevention, education. And that's what I really thought I was going to go into. Um, that I actually didn't know that. Did that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was my jam. And, yeah. and uh, but that's also, I, I think I'm a little bit jaded uh, for <laughs> initially. I was just like, Matt, I'm going to do this. And then I was like, oh man, I'm not going to do this. And right. went more into a, you know, a different route, as you can see where I am now. But you have to do that internship. Um, you take your boards and, you know, the whole the whole song and dance, but it's a lot more than just going online, taking a course, pay a hundred bucks and boom, nutritionist. You you right. put in a lot of time. Um, like it's a full on graduate program. And even in you can do the internship during your program. You can do it after. I mean, it, Time is money, in my opinion. So do both. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, it's, yeah. it's it's the same thing. Like in our field, as you know, I mean, a lot of people call themselves, you know, strength conditioning coaches, and mm -hmm. so that term is super loose. When there are definitely guidelines to to be called the certified strength conditioning specialist. Um, yes. As we've talked about numerous times. Mm-hmm. Word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are like? What are some of those other common myths? I mean, even with your clients, and I know you work with. I mean, you work with all populations. Um, you have clients that that range uh, from you know youth athletes to to an older population, and I know you mostly work with uh, a lot of women as well. What are some kind of common myths that you just you answer time and time again that you just get the same question about all the time? Um, what are what are some of those? 
Oh, goodness gracious. There, there's so many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, typically, you know, a lot of the people that I take on, it's almost like a rehab program from, you know, I guess these sports nutritionists. And they're like, well, they said that I couldn't season my food with salt or I couldn't even season my food. And I was like, well, why? <laughs> really, the only reason why you should have to worry about stuff like sodium intake. I mean, not to say like we shouldn't worry about it, but unless you're a part of a special population, like you have renal issues, you're hypertensive, um, just cardiac issues in general. And I mean, there are obviously other populations there, but um, if you're not a part of that and you're just, you know, you're exercising, you're pretty moderate in the things that you do, you don't have to worry about salt intake. Um I, yeah, so that's one that I'll get or is high fat or high carb better? Um, oh, yeah. you know, which good carbs, bad carbs, good foods, right. bad foods, people really just like, uh, turning like to label. food. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I get that. Um, cause it simplifies things in our minds. Um, and that's something that, you know, my husband will sit there and, he, he'll tell me, like, you care too much about the details. People want the simple stuff. It's like, yeah, but it all depends. <laughs> right. It does. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to tell someone you can't have cake on your birthday. It's like, you know what? Have cake on your birthday. Because a big part of, like, nutrition behavior is a lot of our emotional health and our psychological health. Ugh. But whenever you feel like you're, um, I guess, restricting so much that you're depriving someone and they're depriving themselves, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, and also right. food fear. And <laughs> the thing right. I usually tell people is like, you know what's scary? Someone waiting in your house for you, a stranger, whenever you get home. That's scary. Not a loaf of bread. That's not scary. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know? right. No, that's, yeah, a, that's a good so, analogy for it. Yeah, it's extreme for some people. Might uh, trigger some things, but in any case, it's, yeah, good food, bad food. Um, it's more of moderation um, is what I try to promote. But, yeah, like, you know, high-carb versus bad um high carb, high fat, or, um, the salt thing and what's better for women or not eating after a certain time, you know, right. those calories are going to be the same, whether you eat right. it at like seven fifty eight PM or eight Oh one PM, they're still there. So yeah. no, that's, yeah. good info. that's good info for sure. What, uh, I mean, if, if someone were to come to you and I know, I know you have a, a different intake process than a lot of people, um, just by, just by knowing you, what are some kind of key things that you like to that you like to ask? What are the, like those really good questions you like to ask people that are coming to you? Maybe they, you know, they they thought in their mind that you know being vegan is the, just the best, or doing keto is just the best, or you know having these kind of ideas in their mind. What are some of the questions that you ask them, or like kind of like the behavior process on how you kind of customize something that's very specific to them? Well, typically, I'll you know you go through the standard, you know info gathering thing, um, see what their medical history is like, um, medications, et cetera. But other than that, then you go into more of the human aspect, um, right. because they'll try to jump into the, so I've been eating a lot of this and I've been doing a lot of this. And if we're being honest, I know that they're either embellishing or they're just straight up like, you know, trying to play the whole, 
I, I do this and I'm doing this. So what can I do? And they're just asking for like, please give me the magic pill, the secret. And it's like, you know, if you were doing those things, you would be where you want to be. So, right, <laughs> um, right. and so I try to, you know, once you can get past that initial barrier, the bluffing stage is usually what I call it. Um, it's like, okay, so what are your triggers? And, you know, when, if you're going through a high stress time, are you an eater? Do you not eat? If you have a box of Fruit Loops and a bag of chips. It's late at night. You're starving. Which one are you going for? The salty or the sweet? You try to get an idea of what is most palatable for them. Because you, it doesn't matter if I create a meal plan for someone that is just super salty palate and they're just like, I want sweets. You have to find the balance. Right. Um, yeah, so you can create some satiety in them, not just in the, I guess, literal sense like of being full, but being satisfied emotionally and psychologically and not having that diet label thrown onto it. And I try so hard to get them out of that. And one of the, like, I have this guy right now, um, he's getting ready for a show. And I typically don't take competitors. Um, I I really try to make sure that they're at a good place um, in terms of, like, what their relationship is with food. Because throwing someone into a competition world who already has an unhealthy relationship with food, you're, again, you're, that... I find it to be pretty negligent. Right. Um, but this guy, you know, he's doing awesome following his meal plan. He's like, so do I get a cheat meal every week? And it's like, no, like it's first of all, cheat meals. Like I hate the term cheat meal because that's like saying eating is cheating. You're eating, bro. Like you're right. eating. <laughs> you're eating. They're, yeah. You know what cheating is like going and having an affair on your spouse and them not being okay with it. That's cheating. That's um, cheating. But yeah, that is not okay. I mean, unless you have like some pre-existing. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's not okay. It's, <laughs> it's not cheating. okay. But yeah, like refeed mills, those are like still calculated. It's not just throwing all caution to the wind and like, all right, triple burger, triple cheese. It's like you have to still be reasonable. Don't throw away all your hard work. Um, so yeah, just trying to get under that figure the person out, like the human part. And then from there, you can make small changes. We don't go into it and flip their meal plan upside down for their lifestyle. Um, if you're used to under eating, we're going to slowly uh, build up, I guess, your eating habits um, right. to where you need to be. Or if you are a huge binger, we're going to slowly bring you down instead of, well, this is what you should be at. This is maintenance. And no, that that's also negligent in my opinion. So you can tell yeah, them that's... what the goal is long term, but you can't sit there and just, you know, throw someone out into the ocean and expect them to learn how to swim. Right. Um, it's yeah. Everything within reason we can right. float. You float first. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things like I respect about you is, you know, I've, I've been, you know, working with you and I just feel like, I mean, you're, 
just phenomenal at what you do. And I think that's a, a big, uh, Thanks, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and that's a big reason for it. I mean, it's really easy for people to, you know, just search online and, you know, find a, a you know, macro calculator and stuff like that. And, and, you know, maybe for some people that's okay. Um, but the majority of people that really do need a little bit more guidance, it's, it's not just about going to some website and it just spitting you out something. Um, when you just talked about it, like, you know, it's, you know, serving the human first and, mm-hmm. and seeing what their triggers are. And, and yeah, you know, we offer, you know, different templates and, and plans that are very generalized. Uh, but for something like nutrition, people don't understand like how important it really is for so many different things. I mean, you and I run a, you know, a women's group that we have a subscription online and we can literally have two completely different people with two completely different goals and they're doing very a very similar program and their results are just completely drastically different. I mean, they're just drastically different. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and another part of that is um, I know that, you know, like using nutrition software, I can have all of these templates kind of, you know, pre, pre-done to more so for time efficacy, but did I say efficacy? Efficiency? (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Rewind it. But um, but the thing is, I I still have to make it work with the person. And so, you know, allergies aside, aversions aside, you have to also make it work for how much they want to eat and what isn't going to send them over the edge. Um, One of our girls, it's, you know, if you're going through an emotional time and I don't have an appetite, I can't eat. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's find stuff that you can eat. Um, and it's like, oh, but isn't this going to get me fat? It's like, you're eating. That's what really matters. We're, right. we're kind of a little more focused on your emotional health right now. Your well-being. Um, you know, weight gained, it can be lost. Weight lost, it can be gained. Um, but our, you know, emotions and our sanity, (laughs) those are the things that, I mean, there's a reason why people like Tony Robbins and, and Gary V, they do so awesome in trying to turn people around, build confidence so that they can build success. Cause those are the things that take forever. Ever, all of these health help books that I mean, it's maybe it's just the population that we surround ourselves with. It seems like all of our people are, you know, reading a ton of these things like emotional intelligence 2.0 and um, you know fierce conversations and all of those kinds of things, trying to be a better communicator and exercise emotional intelligence so that you can be a better provider. Um, but if you don't address that in action, if you don't apply it to your clients, then are you really a professional at that point? Right. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's so, it's imperative to, to look at clients as they are, they're people. Um, one of the things that we hear here, um, in Albuquerque is like, there, you know, are a lot of bros out there spitting out meal plans and, telling clients like trust the process trust the process it's like that's you're kind of bullying them uh, yeah 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 strong army without a doubt yeah yeah and i mean if you don't know why if you don't know the answer to the question that the client is asking you 
then just say you don't know. Like, I respect that so much more whenever someone will just tell me something they don't know. Um, but, you know, they're probably more willing to go and find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, think that's a, just a huge e- ego thing. And it, it does happen a lot over there in where, you know, a professional or, you know, a client would ask a, a professional or should be a professional, you know, a question that is, is really out of their scope. But that person doesn't want to say that, yeah, I, I don't know this. This is not this is out of my scope especially mm-hmm. if it's like an injury or some, something else that's, you know, soft tissue that we're not really educated about or that's just out of our scope. But it is for some reason, it just it takes a lot for someone to do that. Yeah, big time. That That's kind of like the the bullet point version of, you know, the behavior aspect and the human aspect of nutrition um, and trying to build a meal plan with someone. And then you have to, it's a lot of touch and go. It's just like whenever you're creating a, you know, a training program for someone, you, they might not, they might not like it or <laughs> they might not motivate them or who knows what. Um, so yeah, you have to, it's a lot of touch and go at first. And then once you learn the person, you learn each other, then it becomes a little more fluid. Absolutely. So even you just, you know, what what you just said, uh, have you seen a lot of differences working with like even just gender differences uh, between like men and women? Yes. Um, I mean, for For sure. Absolutely. Go into that. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I'm going to use you as an example. So, (laughs) so you, you know, you say like, I can eat the same thing every day. And, um, and that makes sense for your life. You're busy from the moment you wake up till you go to bed, you are, you're going, you're working. Um, and so what is one thing you don't want to have to worry about? You don't have to think about what you're going to eat. So for you meal prepping and having the same thing every day, who cares? It's like, I'm eating, I'm staying on track. I'm being very efficient. Um, Then I have people who aren't really, they don't move at that fast of a pace in their day. And so they're like, you know, I just want some new ideas and, um, but I'm just not that creative. So I want something different every single day. And it's like, all right, it does take a little more time. Not going to (laughs) lie. It does take a little more time, but for those more ambitious meal preppers, you, um, you have to really, you have to get creative. Um, and I'm not the most artistic woman, but I feel like with nutrition, it's like, okay, it's a good opportunity for me to exercise some creative license. Um, usually disclaimer it with, this is a little stinky or this sounds a little weird, (laughs) but give it a, you know, give give it it a a shot, give it a chance. Um, but in terms of like with men and women, um, you'd be surprised. There are differences, obviously physically, but the emo- going back to the emotional part, the human part, there, there are just so many common denominators, whether it stems back to stuff like, you know, their parents being mean to them because they were a little heavy or people taunting them um, at school because they were heavier, really thin, or their parents, I hate to say it, but like their moms usually being obsessed with weight and body image and, you know, just transferring it down to them to a point where 
they now like, it's not like it's something they even focused about when they were kids, but you know, mom sitting in there saying like, mm, you know, you should probably skip lunch. It's like, what? Whoa. I, Whoa. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine doing that to my kids, but you know, not to, you know, it's just, but they obviously had some stuff that they needed to work through themselves. So yeah, you know, men and women, there are a lot of common themes there. But in terms of the behavior, the day-to-day, I think it's more of, like, how busy that person is. And really, their upbringing has a lot to do with it. If they had someone that was preparing them these amazing, ambitious dinners, then they were going to – they're going to want that. (laughs) But if it's kind of like, Matt, this is what we had every day. (laughs) We were poor. Or this is just what it was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then Mm -hmm. they're going to be – you know, a little lower maintenance, I should say. So, yeah, it it takes all kinds, man. But it's, that's kind of the beautiful thing with nutrition. It is so broad and, and vast. Um, and there's so much room to exercise creative license. Um, and that's, that's the fun part of it. Um, because, you know, you love rich food. I love rich food. But I'm more impressed whenever someone can create something that's flavorful, rich, and also nutrient dense. Um, oh, yeah. That yeah. you know, I'm not going to feel like a trash can after I'm done with it. So, yep. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. Absolutely. Um, it, what also has been pretty cool is, is kind of seeing you grow, especially like uh, you know in the online space. Um, I mean, how have you used like kind of like your your online you know platforms that you that you use and create? Like, how have you used that to be able to help, like, a, a bigger audience and, and more people? Um, it, I'm definitely far more scalable than I used to be. Um, I did have a real big bunch of people over the last couple of years online. Um, but I was spending so much time creating these meal templates and editing, modifying, etc. Um, until I got this diet software that I really should have invested in in sooner, way back then, sooner than Mm -hmm. later, but you know, here I am. And it's, I'm able to work with a lot more people and it takes up a lot less of my time. And so that's great, but also trying to be okay with being vulnerable, I suppose, in, in creating, um, you know, more online content, not just for the general public, but also for my clients to field a lot of those frequently asked questions, um, stuff like, you know, what are, what's a good protein or a bad protein? And it's like, "Eh," again, labels, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's also a great resource for them to have. So, you know, the online thing, it's stuff like Instagram. It's free marketing. (laughs) So to not take advantage of it. It's um, it's a tad silly. So I'm, speaking I'm, of that, I, speaking of all that, like, how can people reach you if they had any questions? Because I'm I'm sure there's going to be uh, you know quite a few people with questions for you specifically. Uh, oh. How can what's the best way to to get a hold of you? Oh well, I'm on Instagram. Um, I have two. One is my family one, but the one that you can reach me at, at is at Vroncast underscore ar, um, and I'm I'm happy to field any questions um, or curiosities, etc. Because um, it's like I said, we are just bombarded with so much when it comes to the nutrition world. So yeah, there even a lot of it is simpler than we make it out to be. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. 
yeah, it's far simpler than we make it out to be. But again, there's so much fluff on top for the skinny teas. And, you know, what is it? I saw like a, a magic coffee thing. And it's like happy coffee, I think is what it's called. It makes you happy. It's like, yeah, I love coffee. It puts me in a good mood. I don't I don't know about the science behind that, so I guess I can't speak on it, but <laughs> right. Right. yeah. You all heard it here. Definitely, if you have questions for her, definitely reach out. She's one of the most outgoing people that I know, uh, without a doubt, um, for sure, and the, one of the most intelligent. So, yeah, Veronica, thank you so much. I won't keep you any longer. It was great talking to you. I'm sure I'm going to have you on here numerous times so that we could just completely bust up more myths that we see online. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Totally. I appreciate you. Netflix. Netflix is next. That's yeah, next. <laughs> uh, we'll talk oh. about that. We should, we should talk about that Game Changers. Uh, uh, that'll be interesting. Gracious. Yeah. yeah. Totes. Yeah, Totes. thanks, man. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Cool. Thank you, Veronica. Later. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it and subscribe to the podcast. We will continue to share the stories of coaches and trainers around the world as well as other entrepreneurs that our industry can learn from to make ours better. Thank you so much for the support. See you next time.